0: Hey all um, we've almost made it to the end of the year end of 2020 and personally I've always liked endings whether it's closing credits, finishing a book, completing a journal and perhaps more importantly ending the school term. I love endings I, I, I like I like when it's finished and we can move on and what a school term in particular has been. Natalie and I actually we just finished reading a book of Romans together. And Romans is such a theologically rich book you know there's, there's so much going on in it it's almost quite easy to overlook Paul's final chapter it's easy to overlook the ending which contains a long list of those people in Rome he greets and and a list of people with him that send their love also it contains loads of difficult names to pronounce and with short descriptions following their life in the Lord and maybe if you were away maybe you are away right now and you were to write a letter to the church Think about in, in our church, in Hope Church, who perhaps you'd greet, who would you send your regards to and, and what description would you put there of them? This list, um, you know, as I reflected on it and we prayed on it, it just reminded me that it shows that our faith is embodied in people and place. It's not kind of a metaphysical concept so that doesn't have any application but the gospel is rooted in communities. And, and Romans is Paul's, you know, theological essay, his, his, his discourse on the inbringing of the Gentiles. And it's interesting that as we read through that letter, the majority of names are Greek names, even names of Greek gods. Not that he was writing two Greek gods, people were named after the Greek gods. I feel like I should say that. And as we close this year, let's close as Paul closes his book with his letter to the Romans, encouraging and affirming the family of God. Beloved, we may not be able to be physically present with one another, but we can still greet one another, whether it's through writing, texting, a phone call. You know, there's, there's many different ways we can send our greetings just as Paul did when he couldn't be there physically. And like I used to play at Christmas with my family, with my granddad, many of you know him used to place categories sometimes it's called stop the bus and um, essentially what you do is you get like six different um, categories and someone would say a letter and you'd have to try and kind of find a unique answer to those and I used to I used to love playing it and we'd always have bible characters and I used to try and memorize all the weird and wonderful names in the bible just for this game um, what my favorite one in the book of Romans is Rufus um, I think because he sounds like a dog I think it's a cool name Um, But our faith is one that is founded in people, in in concrete people, in solid communities. So I'm going to read. If you want to join me, it's Romans 16, um, verse one through to verse um, 16. So I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of a church of Kentria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her. In whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life. To whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epaphras. I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle with these. I'm sorry. Who is a first convert to Christ in Asia? Greet Mary who had worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and fellow prisoners, for they are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphaena and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also whose mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, Olympus. And all the saints who are with them, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. I think that's lovely to think that Paul's right into a community which have got standout believers. I mean, and he's sending me this message, you know, just encouraging them, greeting them, naming them and describing them. And I just want to pick out a few of these names just to reflect on them. The first one, Phoebe. I came to you as Sister Phoebe, a servant of a church at Kentria. Since, yeah. It seems that, that Phoebe is, is a businesswoman who, um, Paul's saying, you know, greet her hospitably. She's most likely sending the letter. And um, she's described as a patron of, of Paul and of many, meaning that she has financially supported missional work. And I think that's amazing. You know, not everyone goes in the sense of kind of missional outworking, but everyone can send, everyone can support. And I love that of the Book of Romans. And what's interesting is that although she supports, here she is being sent being sent to the Church of Rome with this letter. Phoebe, well, the first person that Paul wants to mention by name in this long list is is a female businesswoman. I think that's not trying to be progressive, but I think that's really cool and interesting. The next people is Prisca and Aquila. A husband and wife, tent making, church leading, missional combo, who I'm sure were great people to have. And they were being, they had been supporting Paul in his missions before, and now we believe that they are in Rome supporting the newly founded church. We know that they've got a deep and long history with Paul and the apostles. Paul says they risk their life or they risk their necks. I I don't know what happened. Um, Maybe you do, maybe there's something in church history that can tell us. But they were there willing to risk their lives for his sake. These are bond-forming histories. The church in their house, it says. Rome did not have one big church stuck in the centre, you know, St Peter's in the middle of town. But it had many different hubs based around the city. All part of one big church movement. And I think that's that's wonderful to read, to get an image into what the early church was like, what it was like when Paul was preaching and, and planting churches. This, this this was how it worked. The next name I want to mention is the Panicist. Paul mentions him as the first convert to Christ in Asia. Whether it was Paul who, who led him, because he didn't say my first convert, or, or someone else, we, we don't know. But we'll never forget those firsts, those people we first lead, those people we, we first journey with in the Lord. And we say straight after, greet Mary who has worked hard for you. How wonderful. In the Greek, Paul calls her Mary the worker, or Mary the toiler. You know, not all of us are going to be great prophets or, or great leaders in the church, but I'm sure that all of us can work. All of us can be those who work hard for the Lord, who work hard for the kingdom of God. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and fellow prisoners. They are well known to be apostles and they were in Christ before me. So Paul here, when he speaks of kinsmen, he seems to be, whether it's distant or close, speaking of his relatives, his family members, who no doubt were praying for Paul to be in Christ before his Damascus road experience. And I think that's really cool just to kind of get an image of what's going on here. No doubt they were praying for Paul long before he had that moment with Jesus. And I can think of those in my family. Perhaps you can think of those in your family too. The encouragement here is to greet them. They are well known to be apostles. They were in Christ before me. And they're described also as fellow prisoners. Adversity forms community, and I imagine that nothing is quite so unifying as bond forming, as serving time with a brother or sister in Christ. As I said, my favourite name now, Greek Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who's been a mother to me as well. I know the church that we're part of, Hope Church, is a church full of mothers who've been a mother to me as well. And the maternal hospitality of a church is a distinctive feature of a bride of Christ. You can replace that with whichever family member you might see yourself as. You can be a mother to someone, a father, a brother, a son, an encourager, a cousin, if you want to be a bit more distant. Um, But we can. We are one family as the church. And, you know, there have been people, those who are listening right now might think of it, who who have been a mother to me, who have been a, a father, a strength. You know, and, and as I go forward, may I be a father to others? Maybe not a mother, but may, may I be a cousin, a, a brother, an uncle, a, a grandparent one day, perhaps? Paul closes, I won't go through all the names, so they are interested and we can kind of get a, a hint of their, their journey and their story, you know, Lord. But he closes with greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Now, if you know me, you might be thinking, Ben, it's odd for you to focus on a holy kiss because I'm not really one for physical contact and the good news for me at least is we can't do this in that in our COVID world we can't greet one another with a holy kiss. On well, my challenge and, and feel free to add a comment or, or get in touch what do you think a COVID secure holy kiss is today? What would it be? What is the, the kiss of 2020 or looking forward what is the kiss of 2021? Is it a food parcel? A, a Christmas card? A fist bump or an elbow bump, a phone call, a FaceTime. What, what is it that's a, you know, but we'd encourage one another, greet one another with this. How should we greet one another in Christ? Some of the information that I've taken in this sermon is from a guy called Ray Stedman and in his website, Authentic Christianity. And in introducing this chapter, he says, in one chapter, 33 names are mentioned. Nine of these were with Paul, eight men and women. And there are 24 names mentioned in Rome and that's who we just looked at, 17 men and seven women. There are two households mentioned, two unnamed women, the women of Rufus and the sister of Nereus, as well as some unnamed brethren. So there is quite a list of people the apostle knew personally in Rome, though he himself had not yet visited that city. These are people he had known somewhere else in the Roman Empire. We tend to think of those ancient days as a time of limited travel. And they were. It took weeks to reach cities that we now reach in less than an hour by plane. Nevertheless, these people got around, and here is a record of that fact. And just taking this example, taking this kind of beautiful image of a church where Paul is greeting to all these incredible people, there are four things which I think we can learn by this example, learn by this text. Number one is to know each other deeply. To elaborate on that. Paul clearly, whether he'd met some of these people or, or just met them in passing, he knew them deeply. His his descriptions kind of got straight to the heart of who they are, and I know that's something that we've focused on in the past few years as a church to to get to know each other to form deep and lasting relationships. Let's get to know each other deeply, aren't? When we spent time at IBTI, the Bible College, living with someone was how we got to know someone and I'm sure that Paul being a prisoner with these people he got to know them deeply he really got to know who they are as individuals and who they are as a community the second thing that Paul did was he experienced life with others as I mentioned about you know spending time with someone inside or you know risking their necks for my life being a mother to me this is about experiencing life with others and what I I love about the church is how, you know, times change, but we as a community, we, we experience those differences together. I'm, I'm sad not to be with you around Christmas right now and around the new year, but we will experience life together, whether it's deaths, births, baptisms. As a church, we are going through life together and we all live different individual lives in terms of, of our work situations. But that's why it's so important to come together, not just on a Sunday, but in the midweek in in the in the small communities just to just to experience with one another and just to go, wow, well, you know, is is that what you're going through? I think as well when we did the Spanish mission trip those years ago, that's an important part of experiencing life together. And we don't we don't need um to fly across um Europe in order to experience life together. We can do it in the small and we can do it in the often. Whether it's going for a walk with one another, whether it's a FaceTime, whether it's just talking to someone about their TV show that they like. You know, we, we can experience life together and become a stronger community through that. Third thing that Paul does is he builds others up with his words. Paul, in his letters, wrote some harsh comments. Not necessarily in the book of Romans, but in other books of churches, he was not afraid to say what needed to be said. However, we do see this overriding attitude within Paul of trying to build each other up, build up people. In the verses, you know, we, we hear all these encouraging things. You know, we don't hear, greet Joanne, who's been a bit of an idiot recently, sorted out. We we hear, greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord. We hear very encouraging positive things and this is not to say that we should therefore negate or get rid of any kind of encouragement in terms of challenge and correction and rebuke i don't think paul was afraid of that but in greeting people in the end of this message at the end of this year let's encourage and build up my fourth and final thing which isn't too different to be honest but is being affectionate to others paul encouraged but you can hear the affection in these words as natalie and i read this and we reflected on it i just thought wow This is a guy who loves the family of God, who loves the family of God. And I I remember as I was a young Christian kind of going through some deconstruction of my faith, trying to, trying to figure it out. And I know that many young people can be hurt. Many older people too can be hurt by the church, can feel like, Oh, you know, the church doesn't understand. My church is this. They can look sideways at other congregations and and get lasting comparison. But I I read something and it struck me and it, it, I can't remember who wrote it, but he just said, if only we knew how Jesus felt about his church. If only we knew. And I think the reality is we can often be critical of a church and no church is perfect. You know, I'm sure there's things that you want to suggest that the leadership do differently in whatever church you're part of. I'm sure even the beautiful church in Antioch wanted to suggest difference and um, different ways of leading for their their pastors. But the reality is that Jesus loves his bride so deeply, the big church and also the small churches as well, the little church, the, the local congregation. And Paul writing as a, as a pastor, as an apostle, was just so affectionate. You can hear the love in his words as we go through them. Greek Prisa and Aquila, my fellow workers in the Lord, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in my house, my beloved Epinitus, who is the first convert. Greet Mary, who has worked for you. And I can go on, but that that phrase, that word, beloved, the one who is loved. And I think if we don't have this attitude towards the churches, towards the, the people of God, then something's missing in us. The Holy Spirit will cause you to have the same desires as Christ has, and his desire is one for the church. I remember reading actually a book by Andy Crouch called Culture Making. I think it's from him. I might be giving him credit where it's not due. And um, he speaks about the the genealogies in in the Old Testament. Um, I imagine you can think of it particularly in numbers, where there's just kind of this list of name and name and name and name. And in our quiet times where we're kind of conditioned to think that the Lord's going to speak to you in every verse, that can be quite dry. We can read it, we can go... You know, this person, son of this person, son of this person. It can be like, you know, Lord, where where's the spirit in this? But he he wrote, and I found it quite interesting, but he wrote that these genealogies, these lists of people are like God's baby photos of his people. And I thought that was interesting. In the same way that, you know, when when two new parents have a child, they'll take all these photos and they'll, they'll go to the extended family and they'll show them today, they'll put them all on Facebook. And I can't lie, you know, most babies, newborns, they look like potatoes or like little pigs in blankets. And they're they're not particularly the most beautiful photos, but to the parents, they're incredible. To the parents, it's like, wow, this is is the formation of our child. And the people of God today, the church, that is God's child. That is who he is rearing and creating and and renewing for his purposes. And so as we, we look to these lists, it's incredible you know, the the historical fact of the the early church formation and and the people and Paul's missionary journeys and who he's writing to and where he wanted to go. But also, it's not just the affection of Paul we read in these letters, but the affection of God who've had these people, their names immortalised. It makes me think when Jesus says, you know, wherever the gospel is shared, this person, will you will be remembered. And so here we are 2,000 years later looking at this list of names going, wow, like these people, were beloved by Paul, they were beloved by the church, but more importantly, perhaps they were beloved by God. It's believed actually that Paul hadn't even visited the, the Church of Rome yet at this point when he wrote the letter, as I read him a quote earlier. Others argue that both Paul and Peter founded the church so they'd have some sort of knowledge of it. Um we can't be sure of these things, to be honest. But Whether Paul knew these people from physically visiting the the church in Rome, whether he met them around the Roman Empire, maybe he just heard of them and been in contact with them somehow. We can see that he loved these people and he had a big church mentality. All that I've said so far is kind of put in the context of our local congregation, but all this applies to the bigger church as well. Not just the church of Sandwell, although that's great to have a unifying principle not just the church of a black country, although it's good to be regional, but the whole church, the global church of Christ. We ought to to love them and to encourage them and to, to marvel at this mystery that we're part of. So in closing 2020, in the same way Paul closes the book of Romans, let us not forget the work of a church, the perseverance of the saints. We ought to Greet one another with a COVID-secure holy kiss. And again, please put in the comments what you think that might look like. We need to encourage, to build up, to know each other deeply, experience life together, whether that's, you know, a a long walk by the canal or just a quick text or a phone call to see how we're doing. We ought to build one another and risk, dare to be affectionate for one another in this time. Amen. I'm going to pray and I'll close. So, Lord God, I thank you that as the year 2020 closes, you're not closing your work with us, Lord. You are you are with us, you love us, you hold us, you secure us, Lord, and you've got a plan for us. And I thank you as we look to, the, to your work, Lord, to your word. Help us not overlook that which seems insignificant, but to know that if it's there, Lord, it's there for a purpose because it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Help us to reach out, Lord. Help us not to lose connection in this time, but help us to be deeply rooted in community, in your community, Lord, in the people that you have chosen. Amen. Amen.